Shalom Aleichem, Shavu Atov, to all of you, lovely listeners of this uh, beautiful and great station of Fortress of Torah, and Divrei Musar, Divrei Alecha. As you recall, last week I spoke about Parashat HaChodesh, and so this week uh, I'm going to speak about the Mitzorah. Uh, we all know what Mitzorah stands for. I'm sure you've heard it a few times. Motsishimra, person who speaks Lashonara. So HaKadosh Baruch gives him Sarat first in the house, in the home, in order for him to make Teshuvah. If that doesn't help, then it comes into the garments. That doesn't help, finally it comes into his body. Question that I have is, and many Mifashim do, why does he have such great punishment? A person that speaks Lashon Ara against Ara, then he's being punished terribly. He's sent away from the camp during the desert time, or during the time of the Beit HaMikdash, he was sent outside of the city, he was thrown into some kind of a room, isolated. He's, he, he had what, we, what the, we call solitary confinement. Couldn't talk to no one. No one can communicate with him. Uh, he is like an Abel, like a mourner. Actually, he requires even keri'ah. He has to cover his lips. And if anyone gets near him, he screams, Tameh, Tameh, I'm Tameh, stay away from me. Do you realize what solitary confinement means to a person? It's a horrible punishment. Why should say such a severe punishment? Well, let me give you first a parable. There was a king who was quite benevolent. He was a good king. And one day he decided he was going to reward a lot of his loyal officers. So finally the day comes and we have hundreds of people and he calls in one by one his loyal officers, and each one he gives him beautiful uh, gift, a piece of silver, a piece of gold. And everyone was waiting for the last one who was the most loyal, faithful officer to the king. What is he going to get? Well, they were not disappointed. When this man was walks near the king, he gives him a beautiful sword with gold handles and bedecked with pearls and gems and rubies, something magnificent, very, very expensive. The officer thanks the king profusely. He takes it. Then he goes a few steps, he turns around and he throws that sword at the son of the king who was right, sitting right next to him. He missed the son by a couple inches only. Everyone was stunned. What? The king is giving him such a beautiful present. He's acknowledging all his years of service. And this is the way he pays back the king by almost 
hitting his son? Everyone saying, oh, this man is going to really get a harsh punishment. A lot of his serene, torture, even death is too easy for this man. Rabotai, this is the same thing with the person that speaks Lashonara. Akarosh Baruch Hu gave us a tremendous gift, the gift of the Lashon. This is what differentiates us from the animals. Animals, they eat and sleep and procreate and everything, but they cannot communicate. We can. A beautiful gift, the Lashon. What do we do? Then the person takes that Lashon and throws it like a sword on the child of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We are children of Hashem. And he throws it at him. Well, just like the one that threw the sword deserves a great punishment, this one also deserves a great punishment. Another reason, perhaps, is, as you know, Hillel Zaken, he lived towards the tail end of the second Bet HaMikdash. And he was a very patient man. And at that time, you know, the, the Romans, many of them, were goyim. And then they realized that uh, bowing down to idols made out of stone, uh, gold, whatever, it was just nonsense. They just, some intellectuals couldn't take it anymore. So what? They wanted to convert. So... One of them went to Shammai, and he said, you know what? I would like you to teach me the entire Torah while I'm standing on one foot, which means, like, quickly. Obviously, Shammai uh, did not have the, the, that kind of patience. It's not, please leave, you know. I'm, there's, there's nothing to talk about. So he went to Hillel. So Hillel said to him, man... You know, the whole Torah is whatever is hateful to you, do not do to your friend. Rabbi Akiva later on said it in a positive way. He says, Ve'ahavta l're'acha kamocha ze'klal gadol batorah he says, love your neighbor like yourself. This is a great principle of the Torah. So what do we see from here? That we're supposed to love each other. We're supposed to be united, to talk good and kindness to each other. And the person who does the opposite is like over on the Torah. They entirely violate the Torah. This is like a great principle. That's why he gets a very harsh punishment. It is not just a plain love as usual, but it is a love that has a tremendous, great significance. Yeah, in fact, uh, the Zohar uh, even brings uh, the following idea. He says, you know, when the Mitzvah brings the two birds, he says one is for evil speech and one is for good speech. What does that mean? It means... One bird for the fact that he spoke Lashonara, the other bird for the fact that he refrained from saying Lashonatov. 
Well, this is what the Zohar says. There's no prohibition in refraining from saying good things about other people, but we know that just as Lashonara hurts, Lashonatov can really give someone a boost. Someone makes a speech and you think he did a good job. You can go over to him, oh, you, you made a great speech. Or the other day you made such a good mitzvah. Oh, you did this something, it, it, it helps a lot. If a person is depressed and you go over to him and you tell him about good things that he's done, that gives him a big boost. So uh, that's also Lashon Atov is, there's no prohibition uh, if not saying so, uh, but it certainly is something that's recommended. But Lashon is worse. Well, you know, people, many times they just complain. They just like to complain. Uh, this man, you know, he's no good. He, he, this man is a crook, you know. You know, he's a thief. Don't even have anything to do with him. There's no, oh, there's no, forget about him. You know, he just curses and insults everybody all the time and so on and so forth. There's no end. A person says, Lashonara, but other people, he may even separate, separate uh, a couple or destroy a friendship between two people. That is bad. Complaining at all times. You know, this, this the joke about that, that, that man who wanted uh, to go from uh, New York to Los Angeles. He bought a plane ticket. He insisted to have a window seat. But when he finally got into the plane, he realized they gave him an aisle seat, not a window seat. <coughs> he, he was very upset, and the whole trip, uh, uh, it was... Uh, uh, skirm, skirm, you know, he's squirming and fidgeting. Finally, finally, he gets to Los Angeles. The first thing he does, he runs to the customer relations at, uh, lady over there, and he starts uh, complaining bitterly, I asked for a window seat. You gave me an aisle seat. So the lady, she said to him, wait a minute. Did you ask the person at the window seat? Maybe he wants to change with you? She says, no, I didn't ask. Well, why didn't you? Because there was no one sitting at a window seat. But <laughs> I, you believe this? A man has a window seat that's empty. Rather than sit on it, he would rather complain. That's better, complaining. This is no good. Complaining, talking bad, only causes divisiveness. You know, at the very beginning of the Tzara'at, it says, Adam ki be'or besaro. A person that has on his skin, he has some kind of Tzara'at. But it uses the word Adam. Not Ish, Adam. Now, why not Ish? Why Adam? Another thing is the, the Gemara says, Abishimon Bar Yochai says, Adam, Atem Kruim Adam, Umota Olam, Enam Kruim Adam. 
Meaning that the Bnei Israel are called Adam. But Umot HaOlam, they're not called Adam. What does that mean? Are we really doing something demeaning to the Umot HaOlam? No way. Umot HaOlam are human beings too. So what is the Pshat? The Pshat is the following. Let me give you first an, an example. Something that happened a few years ago. In fact, it was, I believe, 2005. There were three yeshiva boys from Eretz Israel who were given each one a briefcase. Now, these yeshiva boys, they were young kids. One of them was 17 years old. They didn't know what they were, what they were given. They said, look, the person I gave it to them, he knew who they were, and they knew who he was, and they knew him. We just want you to take each one this and deliver it to this and this person in Japan, and, and when you come back, we're going to reward you and give you $1,000. Well, <laughs> there, you know, nothing wrong with this, you know, just carrying a briefcase. Uh, they had absolutely no inkling what was in there. They just, what they did, they, they, in this briefcase, they had like a spot over there that was completely covered. So when you open the briefcase, you don't see that at all. Sure enough, when they came through the customs, you know, the Japanese are quite smart people. They looked around and they found that they were smuggling drugs. Now, in Japan, smuggling drugs is a very, very serious offense. And the Japanese are not easy. When an offense like this, they're not easy in letting the people go. Despite the fact that we didn't know about it, this, this, and that, that didn't help much. They had to hire top lawyers from Israel, international lawyers. They had to hire top lawyers from Japan who knew the language and knew the laws of Japan. And what happened then? These people, three, three Jews, I mean, they don't have much resources on the ground. We're talking about really big money. So they raised funds. From whom? From the Jews all over the world. From Israel, from France, from England, from America. And the prayers. They sent out the Hilim and Berachot to, to, in, in, in every shul in the whole world. In, in my shul too, I was making Berachot for them. What does this tell us? It's telling us that when a Jew is in trouble, the entire Jewry in the whole world feels it and wants to help. That's the, that's the thing. I mean, eventually, they, were, they did, they were sentenced, but they were able to complete the sentence, not in Japan, but in Eretz Israel, where they had access to tefillin, to... Uh, kosher food and all kinds of in prison over there. But what was happening at the time was unbelievable. The kind of uh, help that everyone, every Jew in the world felt was unbelievable. Imagine if this were, let's say, three Frenchmen or three Germans or three Americans 
Do you think the entire world was going to start uh, 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 helping, raising funds for them, or helping them, buoy them, be interested in their case? No. This is why we say Adam atem kruim Adam ve'en umota olam kruim Adam. We Adam is a collective word. It does not have a plural. Ish has a plural. Ish anashim. Most words, most every word in, in the Hebrew language has a plural. Sefer sefarim, kesef ksafim, shulchan shulchanot, and so on. Adam, there's no plural. There's no such thing as adamot or adamim. It doesn't exist. Why? That's a collective word. It's a, a unity word. The entire nation is one unit. This is why it says, Adam ki in the case of the tsarat, this man who wants to speak Lashonara and wants to cause divisiveness and disunity, he is pogeya with the word Adam. We're reminding him. When you say Lashonara, you are actually doing something wrong. You're destroying the idea of Adam, of having unity in the entire Jewish nation. Lashon Arara Botai is not only for the simple person. It could be with a great man and Hashem is not going to let him go off the hook. Miriam and Neviah. Miriam and Neviah. She said something very light about her brother. She loves her brother, Moshe Rabbeinu. She loves him. She said something light. And she was hit with Sarat. Despite the fact that it was a, a, a small thing of Lashonara, she was still hit with Sarat. Now let's look even something interesting. And this has to do with Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu said something extremely light, and only, only with a safek. When Hashem gave him the two simanim, the, the, when, they, when they told him to go uh, to, uh, to the Bnei Israel, speak to them for their re, uh, re, uh, release, redemption, he said, Perhaps, perhaps a safek, maybe they won't believe me. Hashem said to him, Ma'aminim bene ma'aminim. They will believe you. When you tell them pakod yifkod, which is a code, they will believe you. But because he said that, perhaps they won't believe, Hashem gave him two simanim. But those two simanim have to do with Lashonara. The two simanim were what? Take your staff, the mate, throw it, it'll become an ahash, a snake. Now, he didn't say throw it down, it's going to become a lamb or a chair, an ahash, a, no, a snake. Why a snake? That's the first siman. Why a snake? Rabotai, the snake was the first one that spoke Lashonara. How 
And where did he speak Lashonara? We have to go to Parashat Bereshit. And we look into Rashi over there. When he told Chava to eat from that tree. And Chava said to him, no, Hashem told us not to eat from that tree. He said, oh, oh, wait a minute. No, don't worry. Hashem, uh, every craftsman does not like one that is like him. A carpenter does not like a competition from another carpenter. A musician does not like another musician. You see, Hashem ate from that tree, Hasveshalom, and because of that, he was able to create the world, so he doesn't want you to be the same. The Nahash was the first creature that spoke Lashon Ara. But Hashem! So this is why Vihayal Nahash is reminding him. The Nahash. That's the one that said Lashon Ara. What was the second Siman? Take your hand. Put it in your bosom. And then what happened? It was full of tzara'at. Where did tzara'at come from? Lashon ara, as we said before. That's the two simanim. We see Rabbotai, even the slightest little thing of Lashon ara, it can hurt someone. And that's why we have to be very, very careful. We are all one Am, Am Israel. We cannot be divided. We have to be together at all times. And why we are united, and if we are united as we should be, Rabotai, the Mashiach will be here. The Mashiach will, is waiting for us when we all stop this Lashonara talking, start doing only the mitzvot of Hashem, start studying the Torah, and never speaking bad about anyone, but loving each other and being together, it's a guarantee the Mashiach will be here. And let's hope that that time will be extremely soon. Be'azat Hashem. So Rabbi let me just... Uh, Remind you, now we're almost Pesach time. And this station has been here quite a few years now. And they need help. And if you can, please try your best. Also, we have a Simcha hall in our, in our shul. And any Simcha that you have, please come look, look us up. I'm sure we can accommodate you. Uh, have, a, have a very, very uh, kosher and... Uh, Freilache Pesach to all of you. Happy Passover. Bezat Hashem, we'll see you again. Speak about Pesach next Shabbat. Shavuot Tov, Tiskula Miswot.